0: Because I had a lot of fear, like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Can I do this? How do I break into this industry? Sometimes I just did it, you know, and I always say, just face the fear and move forward, um, even if you're shaking, even if your voice is trembling, which mine has many times.
1: You're listening to Disrupting Balance the podcast for recovering work-life balancers, finding harmony in the imbalance of work, well-being, and the in-between. I'm your host, Hanifa Barnes, full-time education executive, budding entrepreneur, wife, mother of four, and so much more. How do I balance it all? I don't. Instead, I found harmony in the imbalance of it all. Listen to find out how other women just like you are doing the same. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. So hello and welcome back to the Disrupting Balance podcast. So glad you joined me, guys. I can't wait for you to hear from our guest today, Diane Najam. She's got an amazing background and an amazing experience that I think you will enjoy and learn a lot from. So let's jump right in. Hi, Diane. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I am doing well, and I'm so so excited to talk to you today. I, I just want to jump right in. So, okay, let let me know what is your story. Well, let me start.
0: Uh, that's a oh, that's a really uh, full question because I have to start from the beginning. Uh, my story is is that I'm Greek, and I think that is a really important key to really convey here because as a Greek. American growing up with immigrant grandparents, there were stories always we took pictures and we told stories through photos and photo albums and movies, you know, back in the day. So some ways, it's not surprising that I'm today telling stories. But in that journey, um, as I listened to those stories of my family who immigrated here and and week after week, we gathered barbecues and, you know, in the living room and such, um, I became a social worker because there is a part of me, too, that I really believe is part of my core value, and that is um, giving, giving back. And uh, I became a social worker and I worked with women and children who've been abused and helped them heal. And that really became my passion for over 20 years. And it still is my passion because I do it on the other side, though, as a philanthropist. I worked in the streets of Detroit originally, really hoping to make change or a difference in a person's life by giving them what I've learned in life, by giving them resources and helping them break the patterns and cycles as much as I could. Um, And I really feel very successful at what I did. And I just never imagined in a million years that I would end up where I am today in the tech world. And so as I became, as I was working as a social worker, and we moved from Detroit to Seattle, my husband was in tech. And at the same time, MySpace was popular, but also people were coming off MySpace and moving to Facebook. And one day at dinner, my husband said to me, how come you're not on Facebook? And I said, well, I'm on Facebook, but they need a photo app. And he turned to me, he says, you can create when I go. I can. You know, like, I'm sure I'm a social worker, right? I just never imagined we didn't use technology back then everything was handwritten or typewriter, you know, so just kind of giving my age here. So, um, you know, he's always like, you have stories to tell and photos and everything's going to be digital. And I'm just like, okay. So then he handed me a team. Well, he formulated the team and I started talking to them about my vision, like photo albums. We need to share that on Facebook because all they have right now is static photos. And to me, that was not exciting. And that did not tell a story. And I felt like storytelling was a big piece of what connects us and brings us together emotionally and bonds us. And I looked at Facebook at the time as our living room, because at the time it was consumer based. And so I grew it to 250,000 users. And I was actually still doing social work on the side, but I was doing both. And it came to a point where I grew to 250,000 users, as I mentioned, and I won an award for Mom Business of the Year. And that really was a turning point for me to abandon social work in a way of working directly with clients to just philanthropy work and really take this storytelling piece and turn it into a tech platform for businesses. And that's how PhotoPad for Business launched, which was my second app, which is now on the web. and we just continue to grow and evolve. And that's how the story went.
1: Wow, that is so amazing. And what I find interesting is how, you know, our past converges with our present and future. Because you started your story with this rich history of sitting with your family and looking at photos and photo albums and telling the stories in those albums. Well, prior to the tech, tech app, right? Were there yes. moments in your life where where you still attempted to do those things you oh, learned yeah. growing up in your storytelling? And what were those things? How, what, you know, what did okay. you-
0: yeah, thanks. Because that really was what the key is to uh, my husband saying, when I said me doing a tech platform, he's like, you're the one that shares photos and you know, no matter what dinner parties we have or who's over, yes, I've always brought out the photo albums. I'm always the one taking photos so obnoxiously that people get annoyed. Like, hold on, stop, (laughs) wait a minute, because I feel like I look through old photos and become happy. It really warms my heart. So that's how it really continued in life, even as a social worker, I was personally doing that in my home. And my husband always said that people wanted to leave like at nine o'clock, but they were there till one in the morning because I was showing photo albums and pictures wow. and telling stories. So he's always saying, people did want to hear your stories. And I'm like, yes, they did. <laughs> because <laughs> he's like, they were at the wedding yesterday. I go, that doesn't make a difference. This is, you know, I have stories tell. I didn't get to tell them everything yesterday. So he saw this. And he saw that in me, that this was a perfect match. And even more for me, what I discovered was um, going into the tech industry was that it it was the same as social work in a sense, because the skills were there. You know, I, I wanted to innovate. I've always been a a dreamer of change, you know, so anything I did as a social worker was always about change or building programming or helping clients. And it was the same thing. I saw a problem. And that's what I am a problem solver. I love to connect with people and tell stories. That's what my platform does. And I always want to make things easier for everybody around me. And that's what, again, my platform does for small businesses today and back in the day for consumers, you know, for people who wanted to just learn a way yeah. to tell stories digitally and help uh, everybody around them see
1: what was happening and they didn't have to be there, you know? Yeah. And so how did you incorporate storytelling as a social worker? Because I could definitely see or I envision how oh. that could work, but tell me for you, how did you incorporate that?
0: Well, you mean like with my customers or clients, like when I would meet with them, I'd tell them, you know, the one thing is that made me a successful social worker, I feel is the stories I told them, is telling them about my family, telling them about who I am, uh, being authentic with them. Um, everything is about a story, even when you're working with your clients, you know, they, they need to know who you are. And um, that just piece was why I think I connected so well. It was so successful with the clients that I did work with uh, to the best I can do. You know, I just I feel like it is the core of who I am is telling stories. And that is the way I've communicated with people all the way up to what I'm doing now. And I'm still social media has given us that outlet now to tell the world not only in photos, but share our stories, you know? So it doesn't have to just be a photo and a lot of text. Today, we get to share stories in photos, whether it's for your personal or your professional.
1: Mm -hmm. You were a social worker for 20 years. Right, yes. And you made a major pivot. Yes. And I am so just, I, I just think it's so remarkable because I feel like, when you've given 20 years to something and there, I feel like there's an innate fear or concern with trying to do something else. So I want to understand kind of your process and psychology to even transition and transition into a space that would seem like, or appear like they have nothing to do with each other.
0: Well, I have to say yes to that fear. Um, Initially there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of self doubt and, you know i am a person that may have that but i continue to push through it and i always tell that because they're like how did you get started how did you do it and in some ways i blindly did it naively did it and just when i landed on the other side of the fear i'm just like okay i did that much and i mm-hmm. celebrated those milestones so i can get to the next milestone but it's a roller coaster ride even today Of highs and really a lot of lows, you know, it's I talk a lot about failure, but it's not only failure, it's the darkness, the unknown, you know, it's like you said, you're going into an industry that you don't even know, you know, and it's grown through the years. I mean, when I first started my first app and went to an event that I was trying to network, it was all men and me. One woman, me. In fact, there is a picture, which I've been trying to locate for the longest, where somebody took it, it must have been a professional photographer, took it from an aerial view. And you see me in the middle of all this. And I was on the phone, on my cell phone. And somebody said to me, why are you on your cell phone? I said, probably calling you because I had a lot of fear. Like, what am I doing? Why am I here? Can I do this? How do I break into this industry? And sometimes I just did it, you know. And I always say, just face the fear and move forward. um, Even if you're shaking, even if your voice is trembling, which mine has many times, you know, doing pitches or sales calls or whatever it takes, because you're doing everything, whatever confidence you had before. You're you're taking your confidence level to a whole new level. And I wrote an article on LinkedIn called The Freshman CEO. And I was looking at that uh, not too long ago. And I was laughing because how freshman I was then and how seasoned I am now, but yet not seasoned enough. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm still looking at learning and Mm -hmm. growing. I still have fear, but I just embrace it. And Look at that. And that uncertainty keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, It tells me not to give up Mm -hmm. because you have it in your head that everybody around you wants to see you fail. That's what keeps me going too. A lot of days you do need to call on a mentor, an advisor. You need to have a really close friend who wants to hear the stories over and over and over again, or a family member because it is a constant motion of growth. It doesn't just happen. You just don't have the confidence
1: to do it. Um, It takes a team, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm still kind of in the the very infancy of trying to transition. Yeah, And what I found is I just feel so isolated. I mean, in the sense that I'm always in my head. I'm always thinking about what do I have to plan, and what do I have to do? what need what does this need to look like? Who do I need to talk to? So I feel like I'm in my own head more than I've ever been in my career, right? Absolutely. I yes, and I can't even tell you there's
0: there's um times that in this journey that I wasn't in my head, and there's times that I'm in my head, just like you just said, all the time. Yeah. And I have to do things like, Find the balance, Um, you know, run. And just when you're running, I like to run and I like to get it out of my head. I um, listen to music that motivates me, you know, when I run, you know, I have a whole playlist like, yeah, I can do this, you know, and I sometimes have to meditate, take yoga classes. Sometimes I read inspirations. I love following like Simon um, Sidnick you know, or listening to Gary Vee, you know, they're very motivating or, um, Ed Milet is a good one. He's just got a lot of energy and it's just like, ah, oh, yeah, I can do this. Right. Because they can't be with you all the time, but you can get on now social media and follow them and get wrapped up again. Mm. Um, and then, you know, just having the people around you is, um, that you can call, you know, I have some people I can call and just say, you know, what, like you just said, I'm feeling very isolated. Let's get out. Or um, if I feel very isolated, that means I need to take a couple of days off. I need to do fun things. I need not to forget that who I am, you know, wife, mom yeah. or a friend. Right. Yeah. Family yeah. member, sister, you know, all those things that you tend to forget.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're speaking my language because I'm sitting here just thinking through all of that. It's it's a process, you know, and I think I'm, I'm going to have to go read your article, The Freshman CEO. It will not be freshman for me. It's going to be like exactly what I need.
0: Um, <laughs> That's anyway. great because um, <laughs> that title came from somebody that ended up being my mentor. She was speaking and she was a very successful um, CEO. She grew this company. And when she said, you know, when I first started, I didn't know everything. You know, I made so many mistakes. I was like, what? Oh my God, this is great. I'm okay. You know, and that's why I turned around and wrote it so that hopefully it would help others know that we have to start somewhere. You just got to start though. And you were saying Mm -hmm. you're contemplating when do you start? And I worked both social work and my first app, um, Photopad was what the name was the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Till I came to a point that I felt like, you know what, I need to see this through, I need to make this go, you know, I needed to leave my day job and do this. But a lot of people can do both. But you just got to find the balance because it's hard. Right. Right. And just, I have to say, make sure you have people around you. So you don't feel so isolated. It's yeah. it's not uncommon to feel yeah. isolated. It's-
1: yeah, well, I've been booking more therapy sessions than I need. In the last I know, right? Exactly. Oh my goodness, yeah. totally. So I'm with you. <laughs> so tell me, or, or the listeners anyway, what are the similarities then in the work you did as a social worker and in the work of, of, of an entrepreneur? Because I'm sure folks listening are wondering, well, how do those equate, right? Yeah. Right. So
0: I think the important thing is, I think the three main skills that I had before was I liked working with people and doing my startup. It gave me an opportunity to work with mentees. I became a mentor. I coached. Um, so whatever I was learning from my coaches and advisors who, who were successful, I was now teaching and helping Um, younger entrepreneurs, not necessarily age wise, but just younger getting started and mentoring them and helping them through the process of getting started. And I would do like um, startup weekend, which was super fun. And I get very competitive and my team's either won first or second place. I always felt really good at the end. Like you can do this. We're going to get there. We're going to be number one. And, um, Sometimes I get a little too competitive, but that's okay because they won. (laughs) But it allowed me to use myself as the way I did as a social worker, providing resources or advocating or introductions or connections. You know, so that's the main thing is that I was solving. And then the second thing is solving that problem. I saw a big problem when Facebook first launched. It showed photos. I forecasted photos were going to be a way we told a story, but you see today, almost 10 years later, they're now coming out with ways you can create stories on Facebook, which are very limiting. But I started that way before I forecasted it, right? And then I forecasted again, where it was going for businesses, small businesses. And the only thing out there at the time was Adobe. Now we have a lot of tools, which is great. Um, It's great to have competition. It keeps you motivated. But I still am forecasting and still moving forward. So a lot of that similarities of those skill set when I worked with um, my clients, advocating, providing resources, connecting, solving problems are the same thing I'm doing with PhotoPad now. And I just love it. It took me a while to come to that. Like, why did I do this? I love that work. But I still get to do that work because I love doing the backpack drives for um, kids in foster care or donating to women advocacy groups or other ways that I can contribute to help make a difference in someone's life. Now I'm just doing it as well. I have best of both worlds because now I'm making a difference. I've been showing women, which when I first started, I was only one in a room of 100. If you remember, Mm -hmm. I said that Mm -hmm. now I'm in a room with a handful. So I feel like that's great because I feel I'm hoping I'm inspiring kids, young girls to get into coding, get into um, starting their own companies, uh, people who are unhappy in their career jobs to look at. What is their passion? Go out and do it and you can do it. You know, you don't have to sit. And when
1: you are meant to lead, and I think that's really important too. And so when we spoke, you you said a phrase that um, resonated with me. You mentioned that it's never too late to start. So let's unpack that just a little bit and what that means to you when you say it's never too late to start.
0: Well, it's funny because that
1: is an article that was written about
0: me because a person heard me say that. And she's like, I needed to talk to you. Well, I was in my mid 50s. And no matter what I did, I didn't look at my age. I just did it. And my brother always says to me that now people are retiring at your age, and you're just rubbing up. That's why I say, (laughs) you are never too late, do what your passion is. And in today's world, there is so many women still doing things, still growing. It's just amazing the path that they have told me in a way that you can keep going. It's okay. You don't have to retire. We don't have to follow patterns or traditions. That's how I am. I just have always been kind of a disruptor in the whole tradition of family. And I didn't get married to later in life because I didn't want to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just plain as that. And when I was ready, it happened, right? That's why it's never too late to start something.
1: And I'm curious, how did that kind of philosophy work with your Greek family? I mean, because, you know, when you're a disruptor, and I think in a traditional family, uh, (laughs) non-American family, that could be a a major disruption. And I'm speaking from my own experience. So how is that with your family?
0: Yes, absolutely. It's, I think they've gotten used to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of pushed through what I want to do. And I think they were very supportive in that I wanted to do it. I know my mom was very traditional. So she was really happy to see me pursue what I wanted to. Yeah. Even back when Um, I went to college. It was not something that she could do because she needed to get married. She went to college, but never finished. You know, and I know that always bothered her. And then I went away. So I was the first one to go away to college, not even stay home. But even at that, I remember her saying, you know, there is a lot of Greek guys at this college. As if that's where I was going to find somebody to marry. Right. Mm. But instead, I... I got a degree and then it was like, Oh, well now that's great. You're more of a commodity. You have a degree. (laughs) But then I started working and I kept working and I did really good work. And I think they admired that piece, you know, that I was able to do it and then somehow manage to really um, manage the family work and do what's, what's important for our family, you know,
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: that was kind of important to me too. When we moved here, I was able to take all the skills I learned in Detroit and work when I had my child. It was kind of a new concept here. They let me work um, full-time but part-time if that made sense. I would work as many hours as my son was in school, come home, you know, but they always said to me, you could work three days a week, but you got 40 hours of work done. And as long as you do that, there's no problem. At times they let me bring the baby in when I needed to. Do you know what I'm saying? That's great. Yeah. So that was really early stages of what you see today. Right. And so yeah, I always kind of was a disruptor and just asked and did it and never just followed the routines and patterns that are set before you. And I think that's really important for us to look at, but look at it, how we can do it that fits into our life that makes it perfect for us. And there's never perfect. I shouldn't even say that word because everything
1: doesn't always work out perfect. But, you know, that works for us. Explain for today, how does a user engage with PhotoPad stories?
0: Well, the great thing is we make it super simple. And and what they need to do is just go to photopad.co and they sign up. And we have all the templates that they need. And they just add their photos and whatever story they want to tell. And because we're early stage, we can help them with that. And like if they don't know how to get started. So I'm always available. I love meeting um, different businesses, helping them Mm -hmm. and helping them create. And then we spotlight them. So it's a great, it's a great time to be a part of Photopan. I'm trying to develop a community so that. They feel like when they come here, it's not just they're using our platform, but they're using it and we're giving back. Mm -hmm. So I like uh, taking it. We have a page where we feature them on as well as if they're part of uh, creating a photo story, I will feature them on our social media. Mm -hmm. And some, some of them we've done Instagram lives. Sometimes we just tell them to come on Instagram live. I'll give a date and everybody just comes on and tells us what their business is about. Come over and like their page, just helping them out whatever way we can. You know, it's not only been a tough year, but it's tough to be a small business you know? And so with social media, that's the way we market today. And as I said, way back, I knew this was where we're going to evolve to, right? But how do you stand out? So that again, is where my social work skills come in, is really helping to lift them up and get them noticed and stand out and not just be like, here, use it
1: and go try it. We're going to help them to stand out. That's awesome. So how can can folks connect with you? What's the best way to do that?
0: Well, there's several different ways. On all my social media, we're PhotoPad for Business. So Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Or they can send me an email at Diane, D-I-A-N-E, at photopad.co. I am Diane Najam, founder and CEO of Photopad, and I am disrupting balance by taking care of myself first, my family second, and my business third.
1: Thank you for listening to the Disrupting Balance podcast with Hanifa Barnes. Hey, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're not following me yet, find me at Disrupting Balance on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. And guess what? I'm on Clubhouse at Hanifa Barnes ESQ. And if you want free tools or any and all things disrupting balance, check out the website www.disruptingbalance.com. Talk soon.